Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. Today I want to label my thoughts with two words, Christmas faith. In fact, would you say faith with me on three? One, two, three. Faith. Say it one more time, please. Faith. If you walk away with anything today, I want you to walk away with one word, and that is faith. The Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews, verse number one, that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The Bible tells us four different times, in fact. It tells us in the book of Habakkuk. It tells us in the book of Romans. It tells us in the book of Galatians. And again, in the book of Hebrews, that the just shall live by faith. In fact, I believe the Bible, if we could summarize it in just a few words, we could literally say, live by faith. The Bible tells us in the Gospel of Mark, when Jesus, in fact, was speaking, he said, have faith in God. That is, when the disciples, we've talked about this before, they were coming, they were trying to cast out these demonic spirits. They could not. And the Bible says, Jesus said in this particular parallel passage of the scene, he said, have faith in God. And if you have faith, that if you have a, just a little tiny faith of a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, be removed, and it shall be removed. You know, we could talk about the faith of Enoch. We could talk about the faith of Abel today. We could talk about all these characters in the Old Testament, Elijah, Elisha, many of them, about their great faith in God and how God used them. But I want to tell you about this lady by the name of Mary who had faith to believe that God was going to use her to bear to carry the Son of God. Today, I have a key statement I want you to write down. In fact, it's from the, from the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse 6. I wrote down this. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. In fact, when, when Mary received the news that she would deliver this little baby named Jesus. We read about in Luke chapter number 1, the Bible says, For with God nothing shall be impossible. Today, I believe that this story, the Christmas story, is a story of faith. That is, simply believing what the Word of God says, because of course it is the Word of God. I wonder today, maybe, maybe your faith is a little bit, maybe your faith is, is sitting on sand today and not anchored in the sure foundation of the Word of God. Remember what, what the Bible says? That, that, if, that if our foundation is on the sand, that when the wind comes and blows, and then the, the building will crumble. But if our foundation is on the solid rock, then it will not move. Today, church, our faith is to be anchored not in Clearbrook Baptist Church, not in the pastoral staff. Our faith is not anchored in anything else but a person by the name of Jesus Christ. Today, I want to share with you two thoughts today. I've only got two of them for you. Because I know something else is on our mind. <laughs> that fried chicken down in the fellowship ball. <laughs> so I'm going to keep you for about 35 hours today instead of 35 minutes and make you earn that fried chicken. <laughs> no, seriously, I got two thoughts for you today from Matthew chapter 1. The first thought comes from the first 17 verses. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, well, Brother Brian, I don't want to read these 17. That's okay. We're not going to read these 17 verses. Um, but, but I want to share this thought with you. By faith, I believe the promised Messiah is Jesus Christ. 
by faith, I believe the promised Messiah is Jesus Christ. Now, verses 1 through 17, we read about the genealogical record of this guy by the name of Jesus. Now, now, just so you know, in case you don't know, there are two times in the New Testament that the Bible lists out the genealogical record of Jesus Christ. Right here in Matthew chapter 1, and again, I believe it is Luke chapter 3, if my memory serves me correct. And in these scenes, we, we, we read about characters. Now, sure, there's going to come people in our time who's going to say... By the way, in Matthew's gospel, it traces the lineage from Abraham to Jesus. In the, in the gospel of Luke, it traces it from Adam all the way to Jesus. So there's going to be people that you can go, you can read the books all you want to, you can listen to all these professors out there. They're going to say, was Adam a historical character? Did the guy named Adam mentioned in the book of Genesis actually live? Well, according to the, the Luke's gospel, the Bible includes this guy that all these people say did not live in this record. And so here's the situation. If you cannot believe that Adam was the first man ever created, how can you believe in John 3.16? If you can't believe Adam lived and Adam breathed and Adam lived the amount of years that the Bible says he lived, how can you believe any other passage in the Word of God, especially the genealogical record of Jesus Christ. Now we know that the Jewish people believe that Abraham existed. We know that the Jewish people believe that David existed. So if we were to question David's existence or Abraham's existence, they might get a little mad. But why would we only question Adam and not Abraham and David? Anyways, all that to say this, that I believe every character that's mentioned in this record was a historical character that lived. So I wrote down this, I believe the genealogy of Christ proves he is the promised Messiah. The Bible talks about how he would be of the lineage of David and of the tribe of Judah. And when you trace this lineage back, the Bible tells us that here in Matthew's gospel, we can go back from Jesus to David to Abraham. And the Bible says in verse number 17, the only verse I'll read for you from this section, it says this, So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. And from David unto the carrying away into Babylon, that is, um, that is, you know, the time period of Daniel and the captivity. And then it says, are 14 generations. And then from the carrying unto Babylon, unto Christ, are 14 generations. Here, I want you to know this, that the genealogy is important because it traces a specific character. This existence in, to, back to the very, very beginning. Now, I know that we have Ancestry.com. We have all these places. And sometimes it's very difficult to trace your specific record. But the Bible gives us the specifics here on Jesus. So Jesus, just like Adam, just like Abraham, just like David, just like all these others that are mentioned here in this lineage, were historical characters. So if you can't believe Adam was a historical character, if you can't believe David was a historical character, and if you can't believe Abraham was a historical character, I have a question for you. Can you believe Jesus was a historical character? If you throw out everything before Jesus, then you have to throw out Jesus himself. So I submit to you today that we at our church are not throwing out Jesus. <laughs> for, for heaven's sake, we're not throwing out Jesus. But we're not going to throw out David and we're not going to throw out any other individual mentioned in this lineage. Because we believe by faith this proves the Messiah. 
No other character in Scripture a lineage is given. Why? Because Jesus was the man, the myth, and the legend, if you will. He was the Messiah. He was the one that was predicted who would come and live on this earth. I wrote down this also. A second thought underneath my first thought. So my first thought this morning is, by faith I believe the promised Messiah is Jesus Christ. I wrote down, I believe the genealogy of Christ proves he is the promised Messiah. And I wrote down this second thought. I believe Bible prophecy proves Christ is the promised Messiah. Lay everything else aside and let's just talk about Bible prophecy. Did you know the probability of eight prophecies coming into fulfillment in one character is 1 times 10 to the 17th power? <laughs> That's pretty insane, okay? That just doesn't happen. Then you take one character by the name of Jesus, and over 300 prophecies were made about him. That is completely insane and impossible. So I want you to know this, that the Bible that you have right here is the very words of God, and prophecy reveals it. Today, I'm not going to share with you all 300 of these prophecies, but I do want to share with you 20 of them, just very briefly. Here, here check this out. The Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. Micah chapter 5, verse number 2, reveals that, that the Messiah who would be come to live on this earth would, would be born in Bethlehem. And then in Matthew's gospel in chapter 2, in Luke chapter 2, we read about that. The second one is this, the Messiah would be born of a virgin. We're going to talk about this a little bit later. But in Isaiah chapter 7, verse number 14, the Bible says that a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son and call his name Emmanuel. And here in our text that we just read, this guy Jesus is the fulfillment of that prophecy and he is Emmanuel. He is God with us. So as Pastor Ringo used to say, Jesus is just as much as God as God as man is man. He was 100% God and 100% man all at the same time. The Messiah would be a prophet like Moses, Deuteronomy 18, verse 15 says. Psalm 91 talks about how the Messiah will be tempted by Satan in Matthew chapter 4. And in Luke chapter 4, we read about how Jesus was in the wilderness. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And there he was tested or tempted by the devil. But the Bible tells us in the book of Hebrews that he was in all points tempted like you and like me in every way, shape, or form, but without sin. Today, we serve a perfect God. He was the perfect Lamb of God because he escaped all the temptations and testings of the devil. Number five, the Messiah will enter Jerusalem triumphantly. Zechariah 9.9. In Matthew chapter 21, we read about this fulfillment. How he did come marching in. Oh, well, the, he came riding on the back of a donkey who was marching in to Jerusalem. Number six, the Messiah will be rejected by his own people. Isaiah, and by the way, if you study Bible prophecy, you're going to find out that Isaiah 53 and Psalm 22 are critical passages about Messianic prophecies. Sometimes we read the book of Psalms and we think that it's just a, a nice book about worship. No, it is a Messianic prophecy in many cases. But I want you to know this, that in Isaiah chapter 53, we read about how this Messiah will be rejected by his own people. In John's gospel, verses 10 and 11, the Bible says he came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons of God. Number seven, the Messiah will be betrayed by one of his own followers. Psalm 41, Psalm 55, speak of this. 
In Matthew chapter 26, we read about this guy by the name of Jesus, Judas, one of his disciples that he mentored, that he ministered to, that he invested his time, energy, and efforts. Here's something you need to understand about the gospel. This will mess up the modern church's philosophy. The modern church's philosophy says, let's, let's get as many people as we can into the place of worship. And, and sure, we want to reach as many people as we possibly can. But here's the thing. Jesus went out into the villages, into the highways, into the hedges, and he preached to the masses. But he invested in 12 people. So here's the thought. We grow larger by going smaller. That might mess up your theology and your thinking for a few minutes, but think about it. Jesus invested his time, energy, and effort into 12 people who eventually went on and did the same. I'm not talking about addition today. I'm talking about multiplication. That's what God has called us to do. Number eight, the Messiah would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. Zechariah 11 talks about this in Matthew 26 is the fulfillment. May I say this today? There's no amount of gold. There's no amount of silver. There's no amount of Mr. Benjamin's that could ever replace the value of Jesus Christ. The Messiah would be betrayed, number nine, and condemned. Isaiah 53, verse 8, speaks of this. Matthew 27, we read about how he stood before Pontius Pilate and the Jewish people, and they condemned him even though he was innocent. Number 10, the Messiah would be silent before his accusers. Psalm 35 and Isaiah 53 speak about this. We see the fulfillment in Matthew 27 and Mark 15 and 1 Peter chapter 2. When they accused him of his, wrong, of his alleged wrongdoings, he said nothing. Number 11, the Messiah will be smitten and spat upon. Micah chapter 5, verse 1, and Isaiah 50, verse 6. When Jesus was about to go to the cross, these individuals, they spat upon him. They took the whips and beat him. Number 12, the Messiah will be mocked and taunted. Psalm 22. We read about this. And there they gathered his articles of clothing and the other things he had. And there on the cross, the one of the thieves said, Hey, if you are the Son of God, save us all. Number 13. The Messiah would die by crucifixion with pierced hands and feet. Any readings of Psalm 22 in correlation to the words of Jesus on the cross clearly reveals that He was the Messiah. He said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? A direct quotation from Psalm 22, which is about the future Messiah and about His death on the cross. And it was on the cross when He paid the penalty of sin. It was there when they took those stakes and drove them in His wrists and in His feet and placed the crown of thorns on His skull. Number 14, the Messiah will suffer with sinners. One on his left, one on his right. Isaiah 53 talks about that. Number 15, the Messiah's garments will be divided by casting lots. Psalm 22. We read about that in the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Excuse me, Matthew, Mark, and John. Number 16, the Messiah's bones will not be broken. Numbers chapter 9, verse number 12. Remember in John's gospel that there they, 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 took, a, they took a spear and stabbed him in the side and no bones were broken. 
in the process. Number 17, the Messiah will die as a sin offering. Remember in the Old Testament, you can go and read the book of Leviticus and you'll find out that there's all these different offerings and one of them is a sin offering. And there they would go and give an atonement for their sins. And Jesus came to, to be our atonement on the cross. Isaiah 53, verses 5 and 6, 7 and 12. Number 18, the Messiah will see a seed. Isaiah 53 and Ephesians chapter 1 talks about this. Number 19, the Messiah will be buried in a rich man's tomb. Isaiah 53, verse 9. Here, here, here is a man by the name of Jesus who was God in the flesh who owned everything in this universe. But when he lived on this earth, he didn't have a house. He didn't have a car. Or I could say, may I say it like this? He didn't have a Mercedes chariot. <laughs> or a Chevy chariot either. <laughs> he he went from place to place to place. He, he was not wealthy in our world's uh, thoughts, but I'll tell you what, he was the most wealthy individual this world could ever see because he spoke the world into existence and he offered eternal riches, not temporal riches. Number 20, the last one for you. The Messiah will be raised from the dead. Psalm 16, verse 10, Psalm 30, verse 33, and Matthew 28, Mark 16, Acts 2, and 1 Corinthians 15. We read about the affirmation of Jesus' resurrection and fulfillment to Old Testament prophecy. That's just 20 of them. That's just 20. There's over 300 of these about Jesus. And the probability of only 8 of them being fulfilled is 1 times 10 to the 17th power. I'm telling you what today, church. We have no reason to doubt the Word of God. We can have as much faith that this piece of wood is right here holding my Bible up as Jesus Christ walked, lived, and breathed, and died on the cross and rose again. By faith, I believe the promised Messiah is Jesus Christ. May I say this? I say this respectfully. I say this with, with great courage as well. That if you're here today, whether Jew or Gentile, whether you, you're of the lineage of Judah or Benjamin, or you are nowhere in that lineage, the Bible says that you have to believe Jesus is the Messiah or you'll die in your sins. It doesn't matter what nation you grew up in. It doesn't matter if, it doesn't matter if your daddy is a preacher or your great-great-great-grandfather was a preacher. It doesn't matter if, you're, if your dad is, is a deacon in the church or if your mama is a Sunday school teacher. It's about you and your own relationship with God. And so today, by faith, I believe the promised Messiah is Jesus Christ. Do you believe that too, church? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. May I share with you the second thought today? I only got two of them for you. The second one is this. As I read verses 18 down to verse number 25, I wrote down this. By faith, I believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. By faith, I believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. I know that the word fundamentalism within Christianity is ridiculed and mocked in our time period. But in order to be a fundamentalist, you have to believe in the five fundamentals of the Christian faith. You know what one of those fundamentals are? It's the virgin birth. So today, if you, if you have a problem with the virgin birth, you have a problem with Almighty God. If you have a problem with the virgin birth, you have a problem with the Word of God. And if you have a problem with the virgin birth, you have a problem with the Spirit of God. 
By faith, I believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. Look at verse number 18. I know we already read it, but let's read it again. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph. This, this is kind of like our modern idea of an engagement. And, and during this culture, their culture was a lot different than ours. You see, they didn't, they, didn't, they didn't have the dating game that you have today. They didn't have the swipe left, swipe right, you know, all these crazy apps and all this stuff, I'm telling you. They didn't have all that today. Uh, in this culture, they, they courted from afar. And a lot of times, it was, it was already ordained who, who you would marry. So imagine, in seminary, uh, I had uh, uh, one of my peers, he was from India. And the first day he talked to his wife was the day he said, I do. Hmm. How would that go well in our culture? <laughs> but you know, it's interesting. The, the divorce rates in this time period, the divorce rates in India are nowhere near the 6 out of 10 in America. But anyways, an espousal for marriage was similar to our engagement, but they viewed it as they were already... In, Mary just, they, it was not consummated yet, and they didn't have the wedding ceremony. And so here the Bible says that, that as Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, speaking of sexually, it says here, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. So here's what I wrote down. I wrote, I believe Jesus was conceived by the Spirit of God. Here the Bible says it, that Jesus, he, yes, he was born like you were born and born like I was born, but he was not conceived like any of us were conceived. And so some, some really, really smart people have got together and they've tried, to, they've tried to figure out how exactly was this possible. So they came up with this term parthogenesis. And this is an asexual reproduction. There are some animals out there who do re reproduce this way, but no mammal, to our best understanding, reproduces this way. In Luke chapter 1, verse 37, the angel told Jesus, For with God, nothing shall be impossible. And by the way, it is possible for somebody, for a woman to never know a man and to give birth to a child. We've seen it happen in our culture. But I want you to know this. All that aside, without our modern mindset and all of our research and all this stuff. If Jesus is able to speak the world into existence, if Almighty God was able to part not just the Jordan, but also the Red Sea, so the Israelites could walk across it, if God was able to send down the manna from heaven, guide the Israelites by a pillar of fire and a cloud, if, if God was able to send down fire from heaven when Elijah called down on the prophets of Baal, if, 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 if Jesus was able to rise from the grave and feed the multitudes with five loaves of bread and two small fish, don't you believe that he's able to do this with Mary? You see, it's, it's about faith. It's about having faith and believing the word of God. And the Bible says here in our text and in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, and by the way, just, just so you know, Isaiah lived over 600 years before Jesus was ever thought of. Or, well, you know, in the eyes of Mary, okay? 
And over 600 years, Isaiah penned those words by the Spirit of God about a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son and call his name Emmanuel. And here we have the odds of that coming true. It's just, it's just crazy to think about. And we know that here it is coming true because in verse number 22, the Bible says that this is fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet. That prophet is he, Isaiah. In Isaiah chapter 7. And it says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. You see, the, the angel came and told Mary. Then by a dream, Joseph was received this word, and Joseph was going to put her away privately. That's why in the, being espoused, they were pretty much all, just about married without the wedding ceremony. And then here, he was just going to put her away silently, so nobody would know. And then the dream comes and the confirmation that this child was conceived of the Holy Spirit of God. Some one preacher called this Christmas biology. <laughs> How Jesus came and was conceived by the Spirit of God with the Virgin Mary. I also wrote down this. Not only I believe Jesus was conceived by the Spirit of God, but I wrote down this. I believe Jesus came as the Son of God. If you got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 1 and verse 35. Remember, the Christmas story is found in Matthew's gospel and Luke's gospel. Luke chapter 1 and verse number 35. And the Bible says, the angel Gabriel is having a dialogue with Mary and in verse number 34, the Bible says, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Verse 35. And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee, check it out now, shall be called the Son of God. Acts chapter 8, we read about Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. And, and, and Philip said, asked this, or the, the Ethiopian eunuch said, what is hindering me from being baptized? And the, the evangelist named Philip said, do you believe with all your heart? And he said, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. When you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you're literally believing that He's exactly who He said He was. That He was the Messiah written of in Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 16. The Messiah written of in Psalm 22. The Messiah written of in Isaiah 53, Micah 5 2. And then He came and lived and His name was Jesus Christ. And there He died on the cross. He rose victoriously from the grave and He ascended up to heaven and He is coming back again. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God, church? If you do, then you are a child of God. But if you, let, I, I know what you're saying. You're saying, well, I believe in Jesus and all that stuff. I just, I just am having a hard time accepting the virgin birth. Well, if you can't accept the virgin birth, then perhaps you are not a child of God. If, if you have not accepted the virgin birth, then maybe you have not been born again. The Bible says that you have to be born from above. In other words, born again. That does not mean you got to go back into your mother's belly. What a process that would be. Uh, oh, God bless America. Wow. 
<laughs> that would be insane. No, it says you're born of the physical birth and a spiritual birth. Yes, we all have a birthday. My birthday's February 21st. And if you want to help me out, I, I, I'm, I'm having a GoFundMe page to raise money for Chipotle. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but, but anyways, so February 21st is my physical birthday. July 2005 was my spiritual birthday. I can't remember the exact date. and It doesn't matter. All I know is on a Thursday night, I bowed my knee at church camp and confessed that Jesus is Lord. And then he came. I didn't understand it then. But the Spirit of God came and lived inside of me. And he's still there. Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you believe that, that Jesus was conceived by the Spirit of God? Do you believe that the virgin birth is what it says it was? Commentators have tried to re-explain that passage in Isaiah. They said, well, it's probably talking about Isaiah's son. No, not talking about Isaiah's son, because Isaiah's wife was not a virgin. Listen, and then some people are going to come and say, well, the word virgin doesn't actually mean virgin. It means a young woman. Well... Then why does the New Testament say virgin? In fact, sure, the Hebrew word in the Old Testament could be translated as young woman. But let me, may I just share with you this? Here's what it means. It means that this was a young woman who was a virgin. That's all it meant. <laughs> Very simple. So a lot of people try to explain it all the way. But I want you to know this. That we don't have to explain it away because it is true. As we come to a close... We should ask God to give us mountain-moving faith this Christmas. God, give me faith like Enoch had. God, give me faith like Abel. God, give me faith like Noah who preached when people did not want to hear. Give me faith like Abraham and Sarah who believed your promises. Give me faith like Joseph who even though he fulfilled and obeyed God's word, he was still thrown in prison. Give me faith like Moses to lead the people of Israel. Give us faith like the Israelites had when they walked through the Red Sea. Give us faith like the Israelites when they marched around the walls of Jericho and, and the walls came down after the trumpets were blown and the, and, the, and the shout was given. Give us faith like Rahab, even though she had a past that was, very not, that was not very pretty. But God stepped in and redeemed her. And you know what's interesting? Rahab's name is listed in the genealogical record of Jesus Christ. That is the grace and mercy of God. Give us faith like Daniel, who prayed even though he went into the den of lions. Give us faith like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who in the midst of the fiery furnace, they saw one like to the Son of God. Give us faith like Elijah. Give us faith like Mary, who believed the angel Gabriel, who brought the word of God. By faith, I believe in the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. And by faith, I believe the promised Messiah is Jesus Christ. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith, 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. 
If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week.